Greetings, namaste, and shalom. Everybody out there in dreamland, I am the beyond top secret Texan. Join me on my podcast, the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast, where I explore the outer limits of human abilities, top secret military technologies, the reality of extraterrestrial Earth alliances, secret space wars, advanced cryptozoology, and all subjects of theosophic truth, esotericism, and the occult. Beyond the Top Secret Texan Podcast. Greetings everybody out there in dreamland, namaste and shalom, iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. I am beyond top secret Texan, broadcasting from the third coast, the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. Thank you all very much listeners, new and old, for tuning into the beyond top secret Texan. This is going to be a very end important episode I'm going to detail and go into an elaborate description of nine low-tech semi-feral but intelligent and in most cases a very formidable species that exist in the subterranean world that are currently being handled by the Earth Alliance in terms of study secure and control these are not nine advanced alien races. These are not nine ultra-terrestrial, hyper-dimensional godlike beings here on Earth. These are nine species with technology lower than the current technological level of human beings regardless of our Ashtar High Command alliances deals and reverse technologies remember to catch all my uploads all my new media and social media posts by following the links provided at linktree slash beyond top secret texan all one word lowercase linktree slash beyond top secret Texan one word lowercase that'll bring up a directory of all my links listed for your convenience social media video hosting platforms and a personal websites like the podpage.com slash beyond top secret Texan page that is specifically for my podcast check out the hundreds of archived episodes. I'm over 300 podcast episodes currently and 
very, very happy and psyched for that. That is an incredible, incredible amount to have a progress to have made, to have put in the books, to have recorded within the two-year time frame, a little bit over two-year time frame, that the Beyond Top Secret Texan in its earliest incarnations, before it was even called the Beyond Top Secret Texan, we've been going with this name for a year now, but prior to that we were the rumors of war, 1987, and the rumors of instinct podcast. Now we are the Beyond Top Secret Texan Multimedia Channel Experience, the LLC, the Lust for Life Company. But we're going to be rocking and rolling into this description. But check out that link tree slash beyond top secret Texan directory. Share that with your friends. Get the word out. Share this episode. Share episodes that you think are awesome or that you just want to keep people's eyes on and get people's eyes on. Share the channel. Share the Reddit, which is r slash UFO podcast. Um, check out literally, you know, all the video channels for exclusive, unique, original content theories, as well as evidence that is the best in the UFO game. So thank you all very much in advance for that. And if you choose to support with a dollar or more tip, thank you all for that as well. You can support through the cash app, which is dollar sign beyond top secret Texan. Patreon was removed for my content being too extreme. So the only way to support me financially is through a tip and that is through Cash App slash Beyond Top Secret Texan. I think it should be a good point to mention in this episode, although I don't know if you'll be hearing this in any relevant amount of time, but for those who are... We are currently, as the release date of this episode, looking for assistance in terms of clerical networking, sending out emails, uh, scheduling uh, interviews, etc. with other podcasts, as well as seeking out advertisers and sponsors for this uh, show. It's a one-man show, it's a solo show. Currently, though, we're seeking enthusiastic listeners who are fans of the program who wish to support a little bit more actively. Consider it like a um, internship, but at the same time, we will negotiate commissions for all advertisers and sponsors that you know we get during your tenure or your time helping out. <coughs> like I said, this isn't necessarily. Um, position where you're actually going to be able to be um, you know um, part of my creative process but you will be as close to it as possible and eventually 
if you are the right individual, ideally, be able to co-host and to uh, join me uh, as a as a kind of a co-host type regular content provider, as our content seeks to expand and our format seeks to evolve. So ideal candidates would have the ambition to reach out through my DMs on my social media, Instagram, Twitter, what have you, to email me by the emails provided therein, etc., just to get at me, send me comments, etc., listing your, you know, qualifications, your quick resume, you know, how I'm going to contact you, etc., and... We can work from there. Thank you all very much. When this released, this is uh, September 14th, September 14th, 2022. So if it's anywhere around that window of release, of recording, then check out that opportunity if you so desire. As scheduler slash booker for the Beyond Top Secret Texan experience. into the nine societies that share this world with us whether we want them or not. The nine societies of predatory subterranean creatures, species, Equally intelligent or of greater intelligence than the average human being or have the conditions to accomplish such are physically on our levels. Although that is a very subjective term. The weakest fish, for example can breathe water far better than the strongest human swimmer. In these subterranean and densely forested mountainous areas, areas at the far frontiers and limits of human civilization, no matter the country, ethnicity, or region, even the weakest and most humble of creatures, rodents, whatever, have clearly demonstrated in their existence, their survival, far more physical courage, endurance, and wit than the average human being has in their entire lifetimes, regardless of how short and savage a wild animal's life may be. The greatest Olympic athlete has not had to endure the physical athletic trials that the world's weakest deer has. For the simple fact that the athlete runs for fun, sport, or honor, and the deer runs for survival.
That being said, these nine species exist in a biome of the shallow subterranean world, existing in caves, tunnels, and caverns. That even the most courageous and athletic spelunker can barely penetrate even with modern technology such as lights, lanterns, food, protein uh, supplements, etc. The jackets, the, the clothes necessary to, to survive down there in the explicit conditions, all of that is 100% biologically within their, you know, realm, within their strengths, within their abilities. And if a human being were to try to live where they live, it would only be a matter of time through accident or through starvation. Whereas these creatures are born in that environment, they are literally created by that hardship. And that must always be factored in and kept in mind. When discussing these creatures, when discussing the Earth Alliance, when discussing our abilities at controlling or containing these creatures, at combating them, and the achievements previously made in those directions by our past generations and these organizations which remain officially beyond top secret, such as the Earth Alliance and its many covert armies and special forces which operate specifically to deal with these threats. At times, threats. Let's just say that. Because there are two, in my, my perspective, because remember, there is no written down uh, documentation for any of this in any form or fashion. I'm not reading from a pre-existing list. This is my own compiled uh, data and, uh, you know, proclamations, basically my own theories of it, as well as my own classification of these things with my own words, right? my own research, creating these identifiers for these various races. The Earth Alliance, which we have already spoken at great length before, is the world government given aid and technological support by extraterrestrials and other interdimensional terrestrials, time travelers, etc. The ones that are literally behind the curtain, behind the green door, the world of secrecy, who do their best to try to keep mankind in a bubble of safety and security blanketed by a world of ignorance human beings just like me or you but with damn sure better technology they have allies and they and we is a switchable term in this context because we, the Earth Alliance, the people on top the surface, are not connected to our very own governments and defense forces. 
So while it is us, our nation supporting it very heavily, the United States of America supporting it very heavily, um, all nations, Russia, China, the UN, equally supporting this Earth Alliance military, we are as in the dark as anyone because that apparatus keeps itself secret. As it keeps the existence of these species secret. It keeps all of its operations secret. It keeps this entire subject secret. So the Earth Alliance, they, though they recruit from us their populations, also have allies of other humanoid origins. The Denisovans are the gigantic human beings of legend and myth known as the Giants, the Sasquatch, or the Yeti. They are human beings genetically. 99% similar. Except for the genetics and the breeding that has created in them an average height of nine feet tall, three meters tall, and the proportional weight and strength that size brings, while being completely the same physiologically as a human being in terms of five fingers, sometimes six fingers, skeletal system looking almost identical, muscular system being almost identical, endocrine, nervous system, brain stem, spinal cord, everything is exactly the same. Digestive system, lungs, uh, the way their fingernails are created, the, 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 uh, the way their hair is grown, everything is genetically identical to human beings except the stature and the scale of them are enormous comparatively to our relative normalcy. The same as a Great Dane versus a Chihuahua. It is a matter of breeding and internalized creation of a subspecies from an original base plane that has separated our human genetics and these Denisovans, as well as their preferred choice of living within their own tribes and not seeking to uh, spread or, or contaminate, not contaminate, but um, dilute their genetics outside these massively statured individuals. They're just as intelligent as human beings. They have the exact same psychologies as human beings. Thus, they were able to be reasoned with. And they were for, quick to form alliances with the higher powers is they had contact with extraterrestrials as well. They had contact with these ancient civilizations and other species as well. Even more so than us having to combat them. And a big reason why the rest of these hostile species are not as major of a threat to our surface civilization. It is directly due to the actions of the Denisovans colonizing and living in these subterranean worlds, bringing law to the chaos, bringing order to the chaos, 
through their civilizations, which are exactly the same organizations run by surface human beings. They have militaries, they have armies, they have religions, they have societies, they have governments, they have populations, they have colonists, etc. They were forced underground from the original surface utopias that they existed in by human being violence and actions. So we displace them species-wise, not us individually, but we Native Americans typically, as well as the various raider gangs that happened after the apocalypse of the old world, uh, force them and their societies to migrate to the more easily defendable Rocky Mountains and American North Desert into the Great Canadian Shield, as well as various mountain ranges where their high-altitude abilities basically, um, you know, keep them safe because human beings cannot physically go up where they live in large numbers or expect to be very effective at any kind of violence or uh, action. You know, like, we, we start dying at a vertical limit where they are completely fine. And the temperatures, uh, while not, not ideal... Um, are mitigated by being subterranean and also compound. Basically, they live in naturally guarded castles in the form of these mountain ranges because people find it extremely difficult to even live or travel on them. You know, even for leisure, um, where dangers such as storms and weather conditions could kill entire parties if they're unprepared or just unlucky enough to be exposed. Um... You know, it makes perfect sense that the Denisovans didn't want to publicly attract the attention of a species that they were constantly being attacked and killed by for seemingly very little reason uh, besides competition and for resources, right? How savage. So these species have begun diplomacy with a now much more logical and reasonable um ruler of this species, human species, that once originally drove them into exile. Now that their subterranean skills are being used, you know, to the advantage, they're given technologies, they are um, given advanced extraterrestrial technologies in these deals, and in exchange provide their strength, their knowledge, their expertise, as well as their physical manpower. Like, you do need eventually individuals you need individuals to make up these expeditions these colonies these armies regardless if they are in a combat role or not and the Denisovans are the local native population of choice but they're not the only one the second ally of a humanoid origin I've named the Duende they are the small human beings the Littlefoots, where the Denisovans are the Bigfoots. And immediately get out of your mind a hairier individual than normal. While, yes, the Denisovans produce a lot of testosterone because of their larger bodies requiring greater hormones. They are thus hairier. Uh, they are often full body shaved and they exfoliate their hair with a chemical solution that they rub on themselves. Uh, they look indistinguishable from men, and even when they're hairy, they look indistinguishable from hairy men. Um, mankind has forgotten that its original hair coverage, as it were. That if you see a man in the wild with long hair and a beard, it's like seeing a Bigfoot with long hair and a beard. 
He's basically just a bunch of hair. He's basically just a bunch of, like, he's a woolly dude. And that's exactly the same trip that they're on. The Duende are literally proportionally similar, almost same, uh, human beings who are only six inches to two feet tall. Maximum three feet tall. Um, and even then, that's considered a, a huge duende. Like, that's considered a giant of these little people. Uh, with the physical proportionality of Andre the Giant, but being only three feet tall. Where the average, say, child or woman or short person in the duendes would be six inches tall. Which is incredibly small for the proportionality to be exactly like that of a human being, relatively speaking. But for them, that is normal, and we are giants, and the Denisovans are even bigger giants. But these six-inch-tall, the two-feet-tall people have the intelligence of human beings, have the psychologies of human beings, and have the life of a human being uh, in terms of years, except maybe except a slightly shorter in terms of lifespan because they're you know they're smaller, and um, that's just nature. They they do tend to live with a faster metabolism like hummingbirds, but ultimately they were a tribe, Native American level technology and society living in these deep forests. They used to live with the Cherokee and. Um, Seminole Indians in the swamps in the south and then moved with the reservations, uh, moved with a great trail of tears westward, finding their new home within the Colorado Rocky Mountains, uh, Smoky Mountains, etc. Hiding from the colonial efforts of the old world. Now, new times, rational times, more diplomatic and peaceful times, they have come into the fold of the Earth Alliance and they are being trained in the ways of the modern men. They are given modern technologies. They are given modern uh, territories with infrastructure, etc. Uh, basically, specially tailored for them, specially acquired for them. They are incredibly useful in terms of subterranean exploration, in terms of all exploration, given their minute scale. Being miniature is an incredible bonus when it comes to exploring caves and underground tunnel systems where normal people physically cannot fit and then find trespass, uh, you know, traveling through extremely treacherous given our just basic size. And the Denisovans would find impossible to trespass. Um, the, Dennis, the Duende also... You know, now that they are given modern firearms, don't lack firepower. And the one weird part of it is that they are almost exactly by nature <laughs> as described as hobbits in Lord of the Rings. They eat a lot. They're not very... Um, they're not ruled by fear or anxiety because of their culture, given how small they are, is very happy-go-lucky and very... Uh, you know, protective and, and like, close-knit. And they live in, um, basically hollowed-out hills, you know, and use earthen pueblos to, to, to exist. Their resource requirements are much lower because of their size, and thus they're able to live in oasis such as the Arizona's uh, geysers or pools, 
um, the Grand Canyon's river, Colorado River, for example, that being akin to the Mississippi River in our scale, even though it is the Colorado River. Uh, you know, it's only in the Grand Canyon. Those are our two allies. Basically, humanoids who are of lower technology but equal intelligence and social skill, being able to be incorporated and assimilated as a multi species military effort, basically being trained alongside in the same mentality of human beings for the same exact purposes. Now, the neutral creatures that exist that are just animals, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but I mean that in a way that, yes, they're intelligent, yes, they show some ability at keeping themselves covert and secret intentionally, as well as both preying on and um, exploiting human beings themselves as a prey item or as a resource, but they do not have technology. They do not seem to engage outside of individual choices and relationships to engage at all with any other species or populations, and they don't seem to have any kind of malevolence or, you know, like, um, overall purpose or conspiracy. They don't seem to have a agenda, let alone a power structure or an organized um, organization structure that would lend themselves to be considered a actively hostile species. Yes, dangerous, yes. Um, prevalent, yes. Requiring secrecy because of their damage to both the, you know, secure, mental security and the, the actual physical security of the populations at large, right? Yes, absolutely. These are all yeses, and which is why they're considered on the list. But they are neutral neutral by the Earth Alliance standards, considered just a natural resource like a killer bee or a shark. Shark infested waters uh, would be akin to a mountain range with high numbers of these species present. It would be something listed on a map for scientists and expeditions to study and everyone to be briefed on about the dangers beforehand in operating with such intelligent and deadly creatures. The first I have named the Dragula. This is a, an umbrella term for physically various but internationally reported similar creatures that appear to be gigantic bats. Or at least all have in common gigantic bat wings. Leathery, mammalian, in origin, physiologies. From Vietnam, the famous sightings by the Marines stationed in the jungle about black-skinned females 
with bat wings routinely flying overhead, as well as the air crews of helicopters during night missions with night vision goggles reporting seeing these self-same creatures soaring over the treetops of jungles of Cambodia and Laos. To the reports in Africa of large leather-winged beings like Cyclopean men who dig up graves or attack fishermen in their boats. To the reports of the Mayan and Aztec underworlds populated by entire societies, cities of these bat men or these man bats. To reports of Russian or Siberian hunters seeking shelter in caves during unexpected storms only to be physically attacked by these large bats. Larger than men. Internationally, these creatures are reported in almost every folklore, although evidence suggests that there is no interconnection or with any of these different versions, these species which seems to have evolved due to the unique ecological areas that they're discovered in, Africa, Southeast Asia, Siberia, North America, South America, Mexico, uh, what have you, right? With bat squatch being reported in the Pacific Northwest as a physically larger, bulkier gorilla-like creature with bat wings. Then there are the more slender humanoid or even half-human sized reports even reports of human heads with bat wings only. Much of this is still a mystery, understandably. And there is very little in ways of research beyond the individual cases to suggest any connections between these sightings as a species of a society. And one can only assume that they are... Just a natural evolutionary form of traditional bats. But their presence is common enough in subterranean exploration or in the deep forests as to regard them as a major competitor or... um, Coexister in these frontiers with these other beings. While they're not as advanced or sophisticated or, or tribal or intelligent as the Denisovians or the Duende, the Dragula, or they're maybe not in the same numbers, but their ability to fly, the sightings of gargoyles 
the sightings of these different bat squash of the flying humanoids um, are reported with direct human interaction. They are reported with direct government interaction, like trying to cover up their existence, such as Mothman, uh, Owlman of Cornwall. They are seen a lot. They do interact a lot. Whether or not this extent goes into a intelligent malevolence, a neutrality that is wish to observe, or some kind of coexistence, and maybe even attempts at reaching out uh, to kind of form a, a uh, communication. You know, one can only suggest that their lack of intelligence, their lack of expressing or being able to communicate is perceived as a lack of intelligence, which it may very well not be. Next on the neutral side are the diggers. The diggers are large predatory worms that are more like underground sharks. Deadly, but just animals that are kept isolated and tracked for safety. Mongolian death worms are infamous examples of such creatures. These are the inspiration for the graboids and trimmers. They are the inspiration for many of the oversized monstrous tunnelers. The Grave Digger Worms and Literature and Media. They are literally like the giant purple worm in D&D. They are giant rock-eating opportunistic tunnelers that can dig complex networks in their territories through solid granite, but they prefer loots, sands, and soils. Um... They range internationally, although they typically exist, whether it be coincidence or not, in these isolated geographic zones like deserts, uh, high plateaus, valleys, mesas, etc. Or in areas where people simply are not yet um, south. East Oregon, for example, has a huge population of these creatures, but Southeast Oregon, whether it be coincidence or not, government intervention most likely, has the lowest human population density of all 50 states, with people being two per kilometer, meaning that there are fewer people in Southeast Oregon than there are in Death Valley, California. Now, like I said, this is not this is probably not a coincidence, but whether it be government or uh, these biological creatures choosing to uh, exist where there are not people is still for debate. With the Mongolian death worm, for example, being um, known to actively prey and kill and devour human beings, travelers, caravans, camels, etc. as they cross the desert, but being relegated to the Gobi Desert, which is incredibly um, foreboding, isolated, and now protected, literally restricted, by the Chinese government. So, it's, it's a factor of both, where both the government excludes people from venturing where these creatures are, 
and they are where people are not, for the most part. So digger and human interaction is mostly relegated to rare incidences underground. For this, they are considered neutral, no matter how deadly they, they can be, and are considered more like a, a great white shark in terms of something needing to be studied, something mysterious, but something that's also a real and present danger if you're operating in those areas, which only the, the human governments and the militaries of the world, the Earth Alliance, really ever do, and which exceedingly constantly uh, quarantine or isolate these species you know, with their rules and regulations, Protective Species Acts. But they do form networks. They do form networks of tunnels. They do form rudimentary ton uh, colonies. That is a fact. Thus they show intelligence. Whether or not it be the simple intelligence of a mole rat... The fact that such a sophisticated and large creature demonstrates hive mentalities has also led to the theorization that they can be domesticated and their natural abilities to create tunnels exploited. Those were the diggers. The third neutral major species is known as the digesters, the digesters, an intelligent slime mold of subterranean origins that can travel large distances and remembers with perfect accuracy, uh, accuracy the events in its life. Regardless of its ability to form conscious creative thought, its memories are photographic, thus qualifying it as an intelligent being. Preferring low sunlight conditions, they are more common in the north and extreme southern climates and heavily forested and glaciered areas that have easy access to caves and tunnels such as Tasmania or northern Canada. Scavengers by evolution, they are extremely toxic and kill most mammals with even low exposure or simple direct skin contact like a jellyfish sting mixed with sulfuric acid. They can be very dangerous and indiscriminate in their devouring, but oddly prefer inorganic matter such as metals and plastics and other petroleum products. This makes the Earth Alliance colonies and bunkers as they are exploring the subterranean areas prime attractors of local digester colonies who are happy to feed and be a mortal danger and otherwise wreak havoc on these installations. The unique thing about digester bodies is that they acquire the prey's memories and thus can have high levels of intelligence and foreknowledge of areas and their prey's habits they can mimic. This is uh, first seen through documented evidence after a dog, a camp dog, was devoured by these, or by a sample of this digester substance, right? The digester mold. And within minutes, the digester mold was able to not only find and seek out the kennel, 
But upon digestion of the rest of the dogs in the camp before they could be saved, you know, the ones that weren't saved, the mold, the digester mold, had the behavioral and memories of the dogs it had consumed. Macabre reenacting their daily routines of being fed and then seeking out their normal areas of confinement. Upon being experimented on, they were they were known to be able to respond to these dogs' names and even perform the rudimentary tricks, for lack of a better word, the ta- the orders, the commands that these trained dogs had previously known, such as yield, sit, and stay. Research into these molds is of great interest to the Earth Alliance. With rumors of weaponization running through a lot of these expeditions. While voracious, once they acquire a sufficient level of memories or knowledge from their prey, such as the case with the dogs, the digester may choose to behave in modified patterns of behavior suggesting direct influence from its prey's memories to its future decisions. The dogs being trained not to bite or attack or be hostile to human beings influence the mold to not attack or hurt human beings intentionally although contact with its surface area was still dangerous as its responses like a jellyfish thing were automatic given its actual physical biology but its behavior was one of amiability in fact even trust in essence it became as domesticated as the dogs were So far, the classification on these digesters is neutral, despite their extreme physical danger, and they remain at the oddest end of this subterranean life form spectrum. Into the hostile territory, the actual, objectively hostile territory of these subterranean life forms that seek to not only destroy mankind's settlements, but subject mankind to extreme cruelties with malevolence rarely seen outside of extraterrestrial or ultra-dimensional psychologies. The first are the Dragalisks a subterranean reptilian of massive proportions and incredible intelligence. Often hunting across mountain ranges at night and hibernating for years 
a dragalisk is both predatory and cunning, preferring to weaken and isolate entire communities to prey on their successively weaker generations by both physically creating hardships and strategically corrupting their society or their culture. They are intelligent enough to have mastered writing and the memory of human speech after sufficient observation. Using people's weaknesses like vice and greed against them, they could easily manipulate and establish organized criminal groups, hire mercenaries to raid communities as well as set up corrupt societies or cults in exchange for arcane knowledge and earthly power in all but the most isolated or all but the most sophisticated and well defended communities. This intelligence keeps it from merely being opportunistic and seizing the quickest prey available but rather sufficiently creating the opportunities to exploit internal division and chaos Varying in physical descriptions, they always have six limbs. They either have a four-leg, two-wing combo, on average, or six legs, with males having prodigious horns, like a hybrid of crocodilians and bulls in appearance. They can range in coloration and can grow to immense lengths and weights over the centuries of their life. The largest are discovered in North America, reaching a full 60 feet in length, or 20 meters. And the largest kill to date was in Kentucky, USA, in the Mammoth Caves in the 1930s. They do not possess technology in the conventional sense, but rather hoard mineral wealth and their societies are dynastic, but individually a dragalisk has a higher IQ than the average human being. Coupled with night vision, echolocation, and the ability to memorize miles of cave networks as if they had internal GPS, you do not find a dragalisk. A dragalisk finds you. Continuing on, the Jinn, another hostile species. They are vaporal, low-density creatures that exude a smoky ozone odor or the smell of burnt coffee. They are highly capable of psionics and masters of illusion given their society's tradition of long-held 
def- and secretive passed down arcane knowledges. These are rumored to be technologies or tactics and skills such as camouflage or camouflaging and or things like um, ventriloquism, throwing one's voice as well as psychic readings which all help conceal themselves as well as their refusal to engage in direct sunlight in their preferred environment of the caverns and tunnels of cave systems they are nearly invisible or appear as moving black smoke in the sunlight they are ghastly pale and resemble feral gray aliens or ghouls with animalistic faces sharpened teeth pronounced cheekbones large black or large dark eyes meant for seeing in the dark and disproportionate arms and legs they are built to the scale of an average human being and are not physically much more powerful but their endurance and dexterity are still to be respected as they exist preferentially nude with the musculature typically developed greater than its counterpart in the average human being This hardiness, this hardship of their bodies makes them formidable in one-on-one encounters. For example, the skinwalker of the Navajo legend is one such jinn society. While an average human being in terms of capability, strength, and speed as well as intelligence, they are still disciplined enough to survive in the deserts of the Mojave and self-imposed exile to practice and safeguard their arcane secrets of illusion, thus their abilities at marathon-length running, their speed and reflexes, and abilities to hide in natural environments, their environments of choice, must never be underestimated. Though they lack technology, such as firearms, bows and arrows and blowguns within close distances can deliver toxins, poisons, that are as effective and deadly as bullets. Upon the... Upon the exploration of humans into their environments, such as the deserts, they will ironically, or paradoxically, exploit all human contact as a natural resource cannibalistically eating stragglers or manipulating and exploiting them for their resources
Thus, they are considered extremely hostile. And a threat deserving of the Earth Alliance's attention. Heavy populations exist outside and underneath Las Vegas, Nevada, and Jerusalem, Israel, for example. They are considered neutral. I'm sorry, they are considered extremely hostile, but their presence is often covert. Not drawing attention to themselves and existing in the shadows of construction sites or cemeteries. In this way, they are parasitic of human civilization, preying literally on the dead and dying. They appear in a physical variety of forms and colors, heights, and mannerisms, but separates them from the devils, which we'll get to later, for example, is their four limbs versus six limbs and a more human appearance and size overall. Although it is debated whether they are related to human beings genetically, in the same way that the Denisovans or the Duende are. The next is the Darrow, a subterranean sadistic society of perverse and hateful intelligent beings that use direct energy weapons to cause natural disasters and social chaos in the surface as well as various methods to abduct and imprison human beings for their cruel ends. They are practically extinct, unable to breed, and artificially created abominations that are completely paranoid to every other intelligent life form in existence. This forces them to act hostily in all interactions as of those suffering a collective insanity. Relics of draconic genetic experiments as an engineering race and servitor they use the high tech weapons of the old Orion Draco to commit terroristic attacks on the surface of the world that we mistake typically as natural disasters they live independently from each other and can easily attack each other just as they attack the surface world. They are considered extremely hostile and a direct threat to all human existence.
and last of the nine primitive but equal civilizations that live in the subterranean and forested fringes of our world. and threaten to attack all trespassers are those unfortunate enough to be within their range and are actively dealt with quote unquote by the earth alliance and their high tech but at the same time How how would best to put this? High tech but limited. Exploration of the subterranean world. Which will be the next great push. As this last century was to get us into space. The next century will be get us into the inner earth. This being was the first encountered after the Great Reset. The first of the nine societies that we went to war with. The first species that mankind fought collectively in a war that wasn't human. And that which entirely had to be covered up by the PSYOP of the First World War in Europe. The Devils. A species of subterranean, mountainous, evolved, intelligent species classified as ultra-terrestrials and extremely hostile. Their society is considered feudalistic level, but they are physically stronger and much taller than the average human being, being making their encounters with them dangerous as encountering a foreign army and making them an official enemy of the Earth Alliance peace. There are many houses and dynasties are present across all continents except Antarctica, although their territories in Europe are almost entirely destroyed since the first encounter in 1912 between the Europeans of the Habsburg dynasties and the devils that their mining expeditions discovered the hostilities were immediate and the devil sought to invade the surface world to seize the industrial powers the higher technologies for their own of the industrial age Europeans as well as to ravage and destroy the surface populations 
on site. Underestimating human beings, underestimating the organization, understanding the armed forces at the time with artillery, chemical weapons, and machine guns being aided by aircraft and armored vehicles. We're literally a decade before horse cavalry charges were still considered tactically sufficient. The devils, with their lack of ability to change their mindset of the inferiority of human beings quickly was taught a hard lesson and a reality check by the technologically superior human beings of the League of Nations and Habsburg crowns. Humans were victorious at the end with artillery and massed machine gun fire blunting the white devil's invasion into the service and finishing them off with chemical weapons poured into the caverns, tunnels, and stronghold cities, the fortresses they had constructed. Individually, the devils are powerful psychics, clairvoyant, and very intelligent. They possess telekinetic forces and renaissance-level technology of metalwork and weapons design, capable of producing armors and ballistic weapons, but unable to mass-produce them. To augment their mastery of tunnel warfare and armies organized into crusader forces controlled by various knights, temples, and royalties. Since their initial defeat in Europe and the Near East, Turkey, and the Middle East, the technology of the Earth Alliance and the human beings has accelerated beyond competition, forcing them into whole retreats, keeping their surviving populations nomadic and covert. But inflaming their hostilities to new heights. Lone travelers, scientific expeditions, or military patrols are easy targets, often attacked by devil hunters on the surface. Now experienced, vengeful, and reclusive, the devils use psionics to isolate and victimize the often unaware target sometimes hijacking their bodies entirely. They may choose to skin the victim alive with their two-foot-long claws or watch them die of exposure simply for their amusement. These creatures are extremely sadistic. They target children. They target the elderly. They target uh, lone travelers who enter into these forests and into these mountains specifically to kill human beings not to affect a greater war but for simply their own spiteful sadistic purposes having never forgiven and will never forgive the initial defeat of the World War I era 
Individually, they are much more powerful, both psychically and physically, than the average human being. But they breed very slow. Their numbers are hard to shore. And thus the billions of human beings are a mortal danger to them. And after their defeat well over a century ago, they are constantly forced into a position of striking at us from the shadows while running from their own extinction. On this list, they are the most technologically advanced, they are the most dangerous, and they are the biggest and clearest present danger, as well as the one most responsible for the massive disappearances, such as the missing 401 cases, both in cities and out. But with the help of the Denisovans and the Dwende, the Earth Alliance is pushing into the subterranean worlds at magnitudes hundreds of times the speed of progress as they have previously made. They have made more progress in exploring and colonizing the inner world in the last 10 years than they had made in the last 100 years. They have built thousands of deeper subterranean bunker complexes and cities. They have positioned hundreds of thousands more pieces of equipment, military equipment, vehicles, as well as the thousands of tons of additional supplies and environmental factors such as life support systems, etc., air scrubbers, batteries to keep pushing even further in. These beachheads are much like the first port cities of the colonizing the new world. And from these first colonies will the ultimate manifest destiny of reaching the very limits and depths of the world itself as far as we can travel be realized regardless of how many threats our individual tribes or individual species of intelligent beings we encounter for there are even more down there these were just the nine most major and common commonly encountered Low-tech, high-hostility, low-tech, high-hostility species. But with two, having joined the Earth Alliance, the Duende, the Denisovans, with three being considered neutral natural hazards, and with four being considered hostile enemies of mankind. That has been my breakdown for those. I will be 
returning to the subterranean hollow earth world to speak about the high technology societies. But let me know what you guys think about this by leaving comments, uh, messaging me directly, or checking out the posts relevant to this on my social media, which can all be found on Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan. Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan keeps you updated with all this research, work, etc. Um, much of my information is done through my own research, which is very um, time-consuming, but it's a labor of love, labor of passion, but as well as insider sources within the Earth Alliance and the secret government, the shadow government, the deep state itself. So thank you all very much for listening. Please consider following and supporting and sharing. That much will help me motivate me and compensate me enough to uh, keep going to help prove to the whistleblowers that they are being heard, that their messages are being uh, listened to, and that they are being uh, effective in getting this truth out to you, everyone, the people out there in Dreamland. It's free to do. Hitting that like button, subscribing, and sharing on your social media, sharing on Reddit, sharing on 4chan. I know the internet is dead. I know the dead internet theory uh, very well, inside and out. But for everyone who shares on their Twitter, on their Instagram, on their um, Reddit pages, on 4chan, etc., get this word out there, share it, and help you know, spread the message, spread the truth, get this information out there for people to hear so that they may benefit from it in the future. This is completely for educational, completely nonprofit, completely just helped out by you, the people, grassroots movement. So thank you all very much. Um, God bless you guys and your family. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. Been beyond top secret Texan. Broadcasting from the third coast, the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. And it's my pleasure and my privilege to be doing so. Thank you all. Peace out.